Good morning, Grace. I bring you great tidings from the Lord Jesus Christ, as you are His church, you are His people, and you belong to Him. Today we've come to worship Him in spirit and truth. Although we're not doing it from the building, we're doing it from homes, uh, maybe from parks, maybe from cars, uh, wherever you would be. I shared with you last week, I, I hope you take some time before the service is aired that you would pray and that you would listen to some music and just worship the Lord in song. Because really today is about worshiping our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, we have been going through this journey of uh, today. We start part four of why uh, wait for Jesus' return. And the reality is, is he is going to return. And so um, he's given us a lot of history uh, in the Old Testament that has come completely true as uh, he said it would. Uh, we have history that proves those dates took place. Uh, when God said they would happen. And so uh, this, this journey that we're on right now is, is really a journey not about the end times as far as uh, end times go, but it's about the church. Uh, it's about the worship from your heart. So what motivates you to worship deeply um, from inside and, and what moves you to sing uh, praises to the Lord for the things that He's done for us. And so, I have said to you that God has a plan. Um, he says that He has chosen you before the foundation of the world. And so there's a plan where God has um, ordained it, has set it into place. We looked uh, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, at Daniel um, chapter 9, as we looked at the 70 weeks. And we learned that those 70 weeks were uh, actually seven-year time periods of 70, which is 490 years. And we've looked and seen that 483 of them is complete. And there's that one-year, seven-year period that's left. And that's what we've been looking at, at what's happening in that last seven years. Remember, the gospel message today is very simple. Jesus Christ died on a cross to save every man and woman and boy and child in the world. His death, buried on resurrection, and is proof, and even his life, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, is proof that he was the Son of God and that his death on the cross was the payment in full for everybody's sin. And, and it's just a matter of people coming to the understanding of what, what God has written for us, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so there's a gospel message that the church is to be proclaiming, and that is that there's only salvation in one. Uh, I don't think the world likes to hear that, but the reality is, is this is the plan that God has set up. And he set it up so that we, the church, could see it uh, very simply. But he has given us a, 
a small glimpse into the future. And so we started looking at that at last week. If you remember in, in uh, Revelation 6, uh, we saw the, the six seals. Uh, remember I told you uh, the six seals scroll. I explained to you that the, the scroll is a title deed to the earth. It, um, it is written on both front and back. It's rolled and it, there's information, it's rolled, it's sealed, there's information, it's rolled and it's sealed, and it does it for seven times. And last week we looked at the, the, the first six seals of that scroll. And the first seal was, uh, remember John is, is called up into heaven and he's given a vision. Uh, he's given a vision of what's going to happen on the earth during that great tribulation period. We, uh, we know it as being the last days. Uh, it's called Jacob's trouble uh, in the Old Testament. But we know that um, there's a time, remember we shared that there's a number of Gentiles to come in. Um, somewhere, someone is going to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and that number is going to be fulfilled and the church is going to be raptured off. And at that point, that begins that seven-year period that Daniel was talking about. And God has already pre-planned it. Pre -planned it. And, and, and I just want you to be encouraged by the fact that God is in control. Uh, in a world that we see is out of control, God is in control. And his church doesn't have to be fearful. Remember, he said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear. I gave you a spirit of love. And... I love you uh, because I created you. And I desire you to be able to miss the wrath of the Father. And so we saw in, in seal 1, in, in chapter 6, verse 2, that there was a white horse. That white horse represents the Antichrist who is going to come in. He's going to be a world ruler. Uh, he's going to offer false peace. He's going to have an answer to the world of what has happened to the church that has just been raptured, taken off the earth. And he's going to convince them that he is now the new king. Uh, then he sees uh, the uh, seal 2 in verse 3. It's a red horse. And this red horse is coming. And remember, it, it creates war. Uh, the peace didn't last very long. Then we see the seal five, uh, or the seal three in verse five, the black horse. And the black horse represented worldwide famine. And so, uh, and then we've seen in verse seven, uh, the fourth seal, the pale horse. And this horse had the power remember, to kill over a quarter of the earth with a sword, with famine, with pestilence, and with wild beasts. Remember, I shared a number with you. This is not a, a literal number, this is just a number to give you deal of, of the power of just this horse. Uh, it says it's given a power over one quarter of the earth to kill it. And so we have a population today uh, that if you divide that by a quarter, what you come up with is about 1,950,000 people will die during this seal. Uh, so then we've seen that uh, in seal 5 and verse 9 that John is given a vision of heaven. And, and he sees people at the altar. So you have these things happening on the earth, and all of a sudden it switches to heaven. And he sees these people under the altar, and they're dressed in white. Uh, these were the people who have been martyred for their faith in Christ and for their witness 
of Jesus Christ. And remember, they cried out to the Lord, how long, O Lord, before you avenge your blood? And the Lord says, wait a little longer until the number of martyrs is to come in. So remember, in the tribulation period, in this last seven years, uh, there will be people saved. Saved the same way the Old Testament saints were saved. Jesus Christ. The same way the church is saved. Jesus Christ. In the seven-year reign or seven-year uh, tribulation period, uh, there's going to be people saved. And they're going to be saved the same way through Jesus Christ. They're just not going to be the church. Church, we have a very special, unique position, not because we're special, just because God has chosen us. And, and we have a responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ today. The, the tribulation period hasn't started. The church is still here. So we have the, the responsibility to share out. And so what John sees here, and all these terrible things that are happening, he gets this, this, re, this kind of a, a joy to see that there's so many people martyred and, and they're, they're under the altar, and they cry out to the Lord, how long? And he just says, wait a little while. There's, there's more of you to come in. We see in verse 12, um, the seal 6, and John sees a great earthquake. He sees the sun becomes black. The full moon becomes like blood, stars of the sky. Uh, the people in the earth, it says, kings, generals, rich, rich, powerful, everyone described as slave or free, that they hide themselves from the face who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. These people cry out and they say, for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? The tribulation period is happening, and listen, it's just really beginning because we really have a whole lot more that God is going to do. But he's, he's given them uh, a testimony. Remember, there's going to be people who understand when the church is taken, they're, they're going to know the gospel. They're going to know about Jesus Christ. They're going to turn to the word of God, and they're going to share the gospel, and there's going to be people changed. There's going to be people saved. They're going to take on a new life. But what we see here is that most of those people will have to die for their faith. Now, church, it's happening in the world today. There's, there's martyrs. But in the United States where we live, we have life so luxury and so free. And so just let me encourage you. As we look at some of the things today, I hope you will see some things in a different light with a different view, with more appreciation, and a great praise to God at how he provides for you and I. So the sixth seal, and that was where we ended last week. And so we're going to pick back up in chapter 7, and John's vision moves back to heaven. Okay? So all these things have been happening on the earth. Seal 1, seal 2, seal 3, seal 4, seal... Remember, remember we did have that seal 5 where uh, uh, he got to have a, a reprieve from all that judgment and he's seen those who have been martyred. And, and so, you know, that's a happy point, but it's also kind of a sad point because they had to die for their faith. But in chapter 7, we, uh, we see something here where God has given uh, John this vision. And I just want to read it to you, um, and I'm not going to read it completely, uh, but I just want you to get a glimpse of what he's saying. In chapter 7, it says this, 
After this, I saw the four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on the earth or the sea or against the tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising sun with the seal of the living God. And he called out with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number sealed was 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. And it, it gives us a list of 12,000 from this tribe and 12,000 from that tribe. And so, and it goes on, verse 9 says, And after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell to their faces before the throne and worshipped. And so, John sees these, these martyrs in heaven and then he sees that God is putting his personal seal on 144,000 Jews to be his personal preachers in the time remaining of the tribulation period. It says this, And the angels were standing around the throne, around the elders, and they fell down, and they fell their face to the throne and worshipped, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might to be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Worship. John sees worship. Then one of the elders addressed me and he said in verse 13, who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come from? John says, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What we see here is that there is heartbreak and heartache in heaven as these martyrs have given their lives and maybe have witnessed many family members dying uh, for their faith and we see that God is is providing for them and no more hunger and no more thirst and no more tears you see John is moving to this point where he is just worshiping worshiping. In chapter 8, 
we see the lamb. Remember, we looked at these six seals. There was a reprieve. The sealing of the 144,000 of, of preachers um, for the testimony of Jesus Christ, by the way. And we've seen that there were all these martyrs. And so these martyrs are already here before the 144,000. But, but what you're seeing is, remember, what is Satan's desire? Satan's desire is to stomp out the church. Well, this isn't actually the church, but these are people who believe. The church is with him. So it's Satan's desire to kill anybody who, who holds to the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so we see that there's a great number. Remember, it says a great multitude from all nations have been killed for their faith and for their witness about Jesus Christ. And so that number of people is dwindling quickly on the earth. And there's got to be great fear for those who are left on the earth who still believe, but they would be afraid to be witnesses because if they're witnesses, they're going to die. And so God has a perfect plan. He's going to place 144,000, and we'll see later down, but this 144,000 cannot be harmed, cannot be touched, and there's nothing that Satan can do to them. And so they are set free to witness in the last part of this great tribulation called the 70th week. So in chapter 8, it says this, When the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Now, just don't read past that. Remember what's happening in heaven. John's called up. All these things happen on earth. He's in heaven, and he sees worship. He sees the ceiling of the 144,000. He sees all the martyrs under the saints, and, and they're just worshiping. They're worshiping, and they're worshiping. And then when the seventh seal is unscrolled, heaven becomes silent Scripture says, for about a half an hour. I don't know if you can catch that, but that's a great awe in what is about to happen. And it goes on and says this, And then I saw seven angels who stand before God with seven trumpets. And they were given to them and another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to offer to the prayers of the saints on the golden altar before the throne. Remember, what was the prayer for the saints at the throne? How long? How long before you avenge our blood? Remember he said, wait a little while, there's more to come in. And then we see here, there's more to come in. And so the prayer is, is how long? It says, in the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. And then the angel took the census, filled it with fire from the altar, threw it to the earth, and there was peals of thunder and rumblings and flashes of lightning and an earthquake. So the picture now is John has this vision, is going to move from worship to now judgments coming from God to the earth. So let's look at this. 
Revelation 8, verse 6. Now the seven angels who had seven trumpets prepared to blow them. The first angel blew his trumpet. And there followed hail and fire mixed with blood. And these were thrown upon the earth, and a third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up, and all, and all grass was burned up. Now, listen, this is a judgment from God. This is something that only God can do. And he does it, he sends it, and it happens instantly. And it says a third of the earth was burned up. A third of the trees were burned up. And all green grass was burned up. Now, how is that judgment to God? Or judgment to man from God? Well, just think about it. We live from the earth. All grass is burned up. There's no gardens making it. There's no food. And so, again, we already have great famines. And we have great diseases. And we have wild animals that are killing people. And we have men killing people. And this is what Satan is doing. He's doing this on earth. But all of a sudden, here's God. And he burns up with fire and heat the grass. Let's look at verse 8. Second trumpet. Remember, seven seals. Seventh seal comes out and has seven trumpets. We just looked at the first one. Here's the second one. The second angel blew his trumpet. And something like a great mountain, burning with fire, was thrown into a sea. And the third of the sea became blood. A third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. See, God does his judgment, and imagine one-third of all vegetation is gone, one-third of the sea now becomes blood, a third of part of the creatures in the sea die. Do you, do you get the picture here of, of all these dead animals floating around in water, and they're rotting? You see, in other words, man has failed to recognize the gift of God's creation. This is what I want to you today. I hope you will take some time to look around. As I drove in here this morning, I was able to see corn growing way above my head with just full ears of corn on it. And, and the rain that we're getting right now is just a perfect time for that because it allows the corn to just develop. I look out and I see a sea of beans almost so full that you could walk on them. The other day, the sky was just absolutely blue, not a cloud in it. You see, because we live in this time where the things that God has blessed us with, we just almost take for granted. We take it for granted that you know, right now, uh, many of you are gardeners and have gardens and, and you're reaping the, the benefits of your work in the gardens and you know, cucumbers are coming and zucchinis are coming and, and beans are coming and things are being made. And, and we miss the point that this is a blessing from God. It is God who has given us this. And by the way, it is God who is taking it away. 
You see, man failed to give glory for the wonderful things that God made. The green grass, the plants, the trees, the sea, and the life that's in it. Man wouldn't glorify God. And so God takes it away. Look at verse 10 as we see the third trumpet. It says, The third angel blew his trumpet, and a great star fell from heaven, blazing like a torch, and it fell on a third of the rivers and on springs of waters. The name of the star is Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood, and many people died from the water because it was made bitter. Did you catch? God has now attacked drinking water. The, the water that you and I so desperately need. The water that the people on the earth so desperately need. And he, he makes the water contaminated. People still drink it. You've got to have water. And many people die from it. Verse 12, trumpet four. The fourth angel blew his trumpet and a third of the sun was struck and a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that the third of their light might be darkened. A third of their day might be kept from the shining. Likewise, a third of the night. Now, I don't know if you can really just grasp what just took place here, but God just upset the calendar and the schedule of a 24-hour day. Can you imagine a third of your day being gone, a third of your night being gone? It just absolutely, completely, I mean, God is creating chaos here on the earth. And at the same time, he's got those 144,000 preachers who are preaching, you can be saved from the wrath of God through Jesus Christ. Message that we have today to people. It's going to be hard to reach them um, when we try to reach them on our own power because you see the power is given through the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who draws people to the revelation of Jesus Christ. But he uses, today, he's using the church to do that. He's using the church to share the gospel because of what's going to happen. And so, this tribulation period, we, we've seen the seven seals, and in that seven seal, we're looking at these trumpets, and we've seen these trumpets coming, and they're just attacking earth. And it's no longer normal. Let's look at verse 13. Back to heaven. Remember I said you, as you read this, as you read through this book, you're going to see that John has a vision going on on the earth. John has visions that's going on in heaven. And here in verse 13, he, he's, his vision is in heaven. And here's what it says. Then I looked and I heard an eagle crying with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead. I don't know how many of you have had the privilege to see eagles. Uh, it's really kind of neat in Ohio. They're making a big comeback. But there's just a, a majestic about them. There's just a beauty about them in, in watching them fly. And here John has this vision. He sees this great eagle 
who's crying out with a voice, but now listen to what he says. Whoa. Now listen, when God says woe, you better understand woe. There's already been six woes in the seals. And the seventh one, we're, we're looking here and we've seen four more woes. But look, and here's what it says. Woe, woe, woe to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the trumpets and the, that the three angels are about to blow. You imagine John. He, he's seeing all these things. And, and, and the greatest news is that people are being saved. The greatest news today is that people still can be saved. Not that we can save them. But we can lead them to the one who will save them. Jesus says that you know, in Romans, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you can be saved. Because it, it is Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and His life, I keep leaving that out, His life, death, burial, and resurrection that was the complete payment for all sin. But see, we have a world that's preoccupied. And, and I'm going to be honest, I think much of the church is preoccupied. I'm hoping as you see this that you get revived again to share the gospel. Let's look at this fifth trumpet. And remember, it's been God. It's, been, well, it's everything is God, but God has been doing this, and 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 then all of a sudden, it changes. Listen to what God allows to happen. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star from heaven to earth. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the shaft came locusts on the earth. And they were given power of scorpions on the earth. They were allowed to torment them for five months but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. Let me... Uh, Let me just share some things here. This angel, or this star, fallen to the earth, this is Satan. God has given him the key to go down to Hades to unlock the bottomless pit 
of demons who have been put there, many of them, for the last 2,000 years. Remember when Jesus was here, He was casting out demons left and right, and He was sending them to Hades. And here, Satan is given a key to the bottomless pit. He's allowed to let all demons go. And the demons have the power to sting like a scorpion. I don't know how many of you have ever been stung by a scorpion. If you'll come see me the next time we see each other, I'll show you the picture, the one that stung me three times in Guatemala before I was able to kill him with my croc. I have a picture of him. It's about that long. Big old stinger on him. Big old welts on me. But these demons, they come and they can torment men. Listen, they can torment lost men because 144,000 are sealed. They can torment lost men for five months. Verse 7 kind of just helps us to get an appearance of it. In appearance, the locusts were like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces. Their hair like woman's hair and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. They have tails and stings like scorpions and their power is to hunt people for five months is in their tails. They have a king over them of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abandon and Greek is Apollon. Both of these words mean destroyer. Verse 12 says, the first woe is past. Behold, two woes are still yet to come. Did you see this? Let me take you back to verse 4. They were told not to harm. Other verses of the Bibles would say they were commanded. Listen, God's in control. And we see the lamb in this picture all the time. He is in control. They can't just do what they want. And by the way, it's the same today. God is in control. They have a period of time uh, that they can uh, hurt people. Uh, five months is a long time when you know you're being hunted by something that just wants to Let's look at verse 13. 
Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels that had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, the year, were released to kill a third of mankind. Their number mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. I heard their number. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates, the color of fire, of sapphire, and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lions. Heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came from their mouths. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. By the fire, the smoke, the sulfur coming out of the mouths. For the, the people, for the power of the horses is in the mouths, is in their tails. For their tails are like the serpents of heads. And by the means that they were that they wounded people. Now listen, listen to verse 20. The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of their works, of their hands, nor give up worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood which cannot see or hear or walk. Nor did they repent of their murders or their sorcerers or their sexual immorality or their thieves. Church, this is um, devastating. Devastating what's going to happen. God has a wrath and He is going to settle that in this great tribulation known as Jacob's Trouble. The 70th week of Daniel. Uh, we, the church, um, we can see this and read this and, and we can understand this. And listen, we can believe that there's a lot of things here that I can't visualize or understand, but I understand that they're true. I understand that God is going to do this. And He's going to do this because people don't repent. And I hope you catch something here. Like, like today when we're talking about people repenting, you know, they, they must repent. And by the way, their repentance has to be about the salvation of Jesus Christ. It cannot be about works. Remember Isaiah uh, 64 6 says their best deeds are as filthy rags to a holy God. It, it's, it's never ever been about deeds. They have to repent and believe in what God has provided for them to have salvation, and that's Jesus Christ. There's a time coming, there's a time coming that that only the church can really read this, grasp this, and go, ah. Remember, John is in heaven and he gets this eagle saying, Whoa, 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 for what's about to happen? And these Demons are released. And these angels are released and they, they kill a quarter of the population or a third of the population of earth. There's great hope. 
We're going to see more and more of it. I, I love that about God. God. God paints his dim black picture for us sometimes, but he always comes back with hope. He never leaves us there. And church, I don't want to leave you there. The great news is that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Today, the church age, we are mandated, called to be his priests. We're called to be his voice, his hands, his feet. We're called to reach out to the lost. And by the way, I'm going to be honest. Most lost people are not desirable to be around because you see yourself as being so different than them. But you have to come back and see them for the same way God sees them, and that is he created them. He created them in his image. And that if they will believe by faith and trust in the work of God, they too can be changed in a moment. They can go from being dead in their trespasses and sins to alive in Christ. And then to receive a spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, to live inside of them, to help them to live this life that God has called us to. Man, the marvelous grace that God has. So church, there's a time coming. And, and we're going to stop right here for today. Um, we're going to move into chapter 10 next week. And, and again, it's a, this is a vision of John back in heaven. And, and he's talking with an angel. And, and it's about the scroll. And so it, I would encourage you to, uh, next week to read 10, read 11. And uh, read many more if you want. But where's where we're going to be next week? But church, we have great freedoms today. I can get drinking water everywhere I go. I can get food anywhere I go. There is a beauty to God's creation that we can see today and really appreciate. Do you know that even some of the ugly things that we see today in creation is beautiful compared to what is about to come? Church, you are his voices in his hands. You are his feet. You are his priest. Why? He's chosen you. He's chosen you to share the gospel with, with the people that you're around. You, you don't have to make appointments to go across the world to meet people. You meet people every day. He's called you to be an encourager to those people. He's called you to live peaceable with those people. He's also called you to remember your citizenship is not here. You're not home yet. This is not home. And he's giving us a small picture of how things are going to change. And so church, have you noticed in the last five months how things have changed in the world? I want to just leave you with one thought before I close. Science tells us that the earth is millions of years old. God's Word 
tells us clearly it's about 6,000 years old. If science can miss something so simple, because here's what you're being told today. You and I have to live according to science. Well, I know that man's science, not all of it, but a lot of it is wrong. And I'm going to trust the one who's in control, who has loved you and me, has given His Son to die for you and me, has given us His Holy Spirit to live inside of you and me, that we can live here, not in fear, but in love, with a great anticipation of Jesus coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back for you as the church. And He's going to remove you from everything we've been reading the last few weeks. And we've just got a couple more weeks to finish up with the seven-year period. We don't have time to do the entire book of Revelation. I'd love to sit down and do it verse by verse with you. But about five years, six years later, we might get done. I don't know. But the, the study of it is, is beautiful. Remember, God says you're blessed if you read it in the beginning. He says you're blessed if you read it and take care of it and heed it in the end. And so church, look at what God has created around you and thank Him. Thank Him for the harvest of vegetables and fruits and food that we need. Thank Him that He's in control. Thank Him that you belong to Him. Because I'm going to tell you what, science can't prove what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Dying for your sins and for mine. Only faith in the Word of God can convince you of that. The Bible says the Word of God is the power and the salvation to those who believe. All we have to do is live this, show this, talk about this, and we've completed what Christ has asked us to. Church, may I encourage you today? Don't live in fear. Do you see how, do you see how the martyrs are dying? In the tribulation period, that's not you and I today. Not here. We're not dying that way. So let me just encourage you. We serve a great God who's on the throne. He's given you a heart of love, compassion. He's given you a spirit to live inside of you to be able to read this. Remember the Bible says if you lack wisdom, ask. He'll give it to you. The book of Revelation means revealing, uncovering. He's not hiding it. By the way, he's not hiding it from the world either. But you don't see any of this on the news. What really is important. We see all these deaths of people who are happening, rioting, and, 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 and the COVID, and, and just accidents. There's just all kinds of things that are happening today that takes people alive. But the question is, is, okay, they died, now what? Now where are they? Nobody talks about that. Only their faith their family can share that. Let's pray. Father, we pause this morning to just thank you for your marvelous grace.
Thank you for your marvelous Son. Thank you for the Word of God, the, the Holy Spirit that is indwelling every true believer and is calling every lost person to you. Thank you for the beauty of we see of the, the corn and the beans and the wheat. Thank you for the beauty of the gardens that people are being able to harvest right now. Lord, thank you for the beautiful skies and the rain and the cool weather and, and even the warm weather. Lord, thank you for providing us with homes and shelters and, and jobs and cars and food and electricity and water and, and sewage. Lord, we have everything that we need here except we need to remember we're not home yet. And so, Lord, we wait. We wait for Jesus. And, and our plea would be, come, Jesus, come soon. But Lord, we understand that you have said your patience is for the good of those who don't know you. And so, Lord, may the church be your voice. May you receive all the glory and honor and thanks. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you, church. See you next week.